everyone to episode 438 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan and it is just me today. So I wanted to first apologize for not having anything next week. Uh, we of course just had Christmas break and uh, my a lot most of my house was down with the stomach bug so I wasn't able to get an episode out of uh, in any in any fashion and uh, yeah I feel I feel bad about that. So this week I'm doing the this is the episode I was supposed to have last week. It's the 2019 second half of the year recap. It's usually something I like to do the, before the thummies, but but didn't didn't this year because we had the thummies earlier than usual. So next week we're hoping to be back to our normal recording schedule. I know I've said that quite a bit, but we're supposedly going to be doing our 2020 preview. So at least the first quarter or whatever, first half of the year uh, when, when the games have some solid release dates. So that's going to be next week's episode. As I said, this week's episode is going to be covering the second half of the year releases, uh, starting with Fire Emblem Three Houses. So, of course, this was me, Will, and uh, Eric uh, Reefer, who joined us for this episode. Uh, a game that I would very much like to revisit. I still have to do my my uh, Blue Blue Lions play Blue Lions playthrough. Yeah, my Blue Lions playthrough. I did the Black Eagles and the 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 Golden Deer. So it's a game I'm definitely going to have to revisit. But yeah, this first uh, excerpt is from that. So enjoy yeah, Fire Emblem games. The other Fire Emblem, everything was is more streamlined and simplified with this one. This one, you know, you spend a lot of your time wandering around the campus and talking to people and uh, getting to know the characters. That's really important in the game uh, when you know events kind of come to a head. I've, I've been the only one that's come to the time skip, the fabled time skip in the game um, when when it all kind of you know falls apart yeah i don't want to say fan, like... uh, yeah yeah i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything uh but yeah, yeah but i mean it, it seems like it's going that direction yes sure. yeah you, you could definitely feel feel foreboding and, and yeah like I mean, something's ten- gonna tensions happen are really rising like i just got past the remire mission and oh yeah yeah like you can really feel like stuff stuff's going down yeah um will what do you yes think? uh so it's funny i was thinking about this like today when i was playing it like the main gameplay mechanic is like the fighting like that's like what the game is based around but it's not even my favorite part of the game like i love the exploration aspect of it where you're just kind of walking around like the the monastery talking to all the students trying to raise your professor level like having um like trainings with different students to raise their stats and stuff like that it's so well fleshed out being able to do all that and you can actually like make a character how you want as opposed to the other fire emblem games you wasn't as easy to like pull that off yeah because uh, this one you can basically instruct them you can pick one or two skills that you want them to learn uh and you can like provide lectures to improve those skills for those students so uh for example like i use petra as an assassin so she's using her sword and bow so basically she just flies around the map and just kills everything super quick because i have her bow and sword stuff so high and she's got a high speed and she's got a lot of uh movement so like she's the assassin on the team but then i have someone like uh ferdinand who was pathetic to start the game but now that i have him on a horse yeah. uh as a cavalier and a, soon to be a paladin like now he's buzzing around the map like getting hurt like early hits on so petra can run in and like do some uh do some damage and do the killing blow and i also really like you can, can recruit students from other houses yeah um that's I, one of my favorite things you sh- I, I i'll just give a little hint here uh you should definitely focus more on that than i did in the game i'm at the point now where i can't 
right now at least right now get any more characters and i'm one sometimes two short on a battle which you know puts me at a disadvantage right away so uh definitely get more characters than you need to so luckily uh, i recruited one i recruited uh shamir actually okay uh who's who's been amazing luckily uh but yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't end up recruiting anyone else unfortunately because i lost a character Ooh. yeah i lost i lost bernadette Oh no! Yeah, which stinks. She shouldn't have left her room. I, yeah, Dan, she knew. Jerk. She knew all along. I was taking her into battles, and she knew to just stay in her room. You said, um, "Hey, there's cake out here. Come yeah. on out here. There yeah. was no cake." Yeah. So, uh, but so, but Shamir was a, a good replacement because she was going to be my archer. Um, Bernadette was, and but Shamir filled that role nicely. Shamir is really good. Yeah, she like, is. Just right off the bat. I do want to say one thing, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should go around and recruit all of the students no. from the maybe, other houses. Maybe three or four. Um, so, for reference, I only am recruiting, have recruited two, and those are the only two I'm going to recruit. And it was Felix from Blue Lions and Lysynthia from Golden Deer. Uh-huh. Um, I recruited Lysynthia because I hated Hubert so much, uh, and I wanted <laughs> a new mage. And she's literally a monster on the battlefield. So okay. I recruited her. Uh, and I liked Felix a lot from the Blue Lions, just, like, his kind of cocky, like, no-nonsense attitude he had. Because uh-huh. um, a lot of the people in the Black Eagles are kind of irreverent isn't the right word, but kind of silly. Like, Ferdinand is oblivious. Like, Bernadetta doesn't like to leave her house. Like, you know, it's just, like, a nice different character dynamic to add into there. Um, so that's why I recruited those two. And I want to recruit some of the instructors, but after that I don't want to take too many more because, like, I want to get to know the specific students for the each like house more yeah um i think the instructors will automatically agree to join you at a certain level because i got all of them already just th- immediately after asking okay okay yeah like i i got shamir without having to raise anything i just like hit the thing and she was like okay so yeah i don't know that it seems it seems like maybe those are unlocked at level or something okay yeah well, so I know with some of the recruiting, like, if you're recruiting a student, there's two ways to go about it. You gotta raise your support with them up to, I think it's a B you need to be. It's or, a B. Yeah, okay. Or you gotta do a specific skill. So, like, Lysynthia wanted you to have a high faith and magic skill. Um, so, if you have, like, a... But I ended up getting Lysynthia, too, and I didn't have anything in magic or faith. I just had my support at B, I guess, and she just asked to join. Yeah. Which is kind of how I got her, too, because Faith is, like, the magic or the healing kind of tier yeah. of, uh, and I didn't really want, like, I kind of want um, my main character to have, like, more offensive magic as opposed yeah. to healing, so. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping uh, I can get Ingrid now, too, and that's the only one I want. I might get uh, Mercedes as well, because I actually don't like Linhart that much. Like, I get that he's here to fight, but he's also mostly here for naps, so. <laughs> yeah. Not a Linhart fan, right? Really? Nah, he's just here for naps. <laughs> he's kind of an example of being kind of a random personality. That's kind of yeah. Just like, but he's actually one of the characters I enjoy the most. Just I don't know if it's because I get the most support with him uh, through be. the other characters, just out of happenstance. So, so that was from episode four nineteen on Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, that was one of the my top games of the year, and also one of Will's top games of the year. It may have even been his game of the year not it was definitely up there uh i think i picked it i don't remember at this point uh from the thummies but i'm pretty sure i picked it as my game personal game of the year yeah 
it changes, I guess. I <laughs> I have a hard time committing in a lot of cases to one specific game because it changes based on, on on my mood generally. But yeah, that was episode 419. And once again, thanks to Reefer for joining us for that episode. He is also on the next one that's going to be on this episode. It's uh, episode 423, World of Warcraft Classic. Uh, we spent three awesome uh, really lengthy sessions playing WoW Classic. Uh, me, me, uh, Eric, and Eric Reefer and and Corey. And it's definitely a game that I would very much like to keep playing. But it's just another one of those time sinks. And as as you know, right now I have I have Fortnite doing that for me. So, uh, which is also something I can play with my son. I can imagine at some point he's going to be interested in playing WoW. I, I'm not. I don't think I'm ready to cross that bridge just yet. But at some point we will be definitely be doing that. So yeah, here's an ep- excerpt from episode 423 World of Warcraft Classic. Corey, you end up making I was a, I was a human priest. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I was a mage. Mage. I think I said to you guys that I kind of just like the idea of sitting back and spamming heals uh-huh. as opposed to having to do anything else. But what was interesting about that is it, the game was really easy for like the first 5 levels and then all of a sudden I had to start throwing out heals yeah and uh i think we 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 died a couple times which is which is again quite a bit different than a a more modern rpg like you could probably get through the entire newbie area without even coming close to dying once yeah uh you know i I felt that way with uh i'm gonna use guild wars because that's the most recent mmorpg i played but you know guild wars you could get through the entire first zone without even coming close to dying you could easily do everything in their solo uh, or they, you know, kind of group group solo too. They had events that you could do, uh, mm-hmm. so you weren't weren't by yourself. Um, but yeah, that was kind of not the case in in Warcraft. Yeah, you can solo that stuff, but it's it's quite a bit more difficult. Uh, we got trained a few times, which is also something I don't remember seeing in any more recent uh, MMORPG. Yeah, they took that out not super quick, but. That was part of the streamlining of Warcraft. Gotcha. Yeah. Right, yeah. When did they take that out? It was. It was. Uh, it was like a piece, like Corey said, a piece of history. Uh, getting getting run 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 down by a train in a in a in a mine. You know that that sort of stuff just didn't happen anymore. Because spawns were spaced out enough, they didn't have super long aggro ranges. So if you got got far enough away, like you'd be able to like you know break away and. Well, even then, as soon as is, I feel like the modern implementation of that is as soon as somebody attacks a mob it becomes locked to that player character yeah so you're you're immune to it i think until the other character dies or gets away and then the 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 mob will go back to its spot that it was before it even attacks anything else that's nearby right which is is interesting uh, so, Eric, you played quite a bit more and experienced a lot more than, than we did. What, what are your, some of your thoughts on, on Warcraft? Uh, WoW Classic. Thought number, thought number one is uh, the community is 100% better on the Classic servers than it is on yeah. the current servers. Um, I don't... Like, I, I logged on to the, like, the, I guess they're on Battle for Azeroth now. I logged on to a, a BFA server a couple days ago just to see what was going on. And, like, 
the general chat is unreadable. Everybody's throwing insults at each other and just being ridiculous <laughs> and being like, well, everybody's coming back from classic soon. And then you go into classic and it's just filled with people like, hey, I got extra bags. Anybody yeah. need bags? Like, hey, I got this thing. Like, does anybody need this? Like, I'll meet you in Goldshire in 20 minutes. I got to run there. Like, yeah, it's it's night and day and it's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, comment, making jokes like the entire thing yeah. was it was it was funny. I don't know that I saw it when we played probably eight out roughly eight hours mm -hmm. i don't know that i saw anyone having like an argument no i can't think of one other so. than me throwing rude gestures at people yeah it's true <laughs> yeah whenever they We're would taking our mobs. yeah, yeah. That, whenever they would steal our kills yeah these murlocs are for everybody except just us right <laughs> yeah except just us for now slash rude <laughs> okay. i had an interesting thought yeah let's hear it uh, I think I said to you guys on stream too is I, I was thinking about like the position that Blizzard as a whole was in back then, as opposed to now, and uh, I realized in playing WoW Classic how much I learned about the Warcraft universe just from playing Hearthstone, mm -hmm. and I wonder you know in nowadays we have uh, Overwatch right which would probably yeah. be the biggest we have Heroes of the Storm we have Diablo three we have oh, I'm missing I got to be missing something right. Hearthstone, yeah. obviously. Isn't Destiny on the? Destiny is on there, and some launcher? some of the more more recent Call of Duties are on there too. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting, and I don't like I don't re I don't know or recall whether Blizzard was the powerhouse then that it is now. They were not. Yeah, I think WoW WoW kind of made them what they are now. Yes, right. That, that was that's, their. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Like they had. Um, Diablo 2 was, like, widely popular, and Warcraft 3 was widely popular, and StarCraft 1 was widely popular, but I'm pretty sure StarCraft 2 came out well after StarCraft 1. Yeah, it came yeah, out... Well after WoW. Yeah, that came out, I want to say, like, 2006? StarCraft, uh, StarCraft 2, 2010. Oh, it was... So even later than we thought. Later than I thought, yeah. Um, yeah, no, they, they were not this big. But, like, they, they really ballooned because of the popularity of World of Warcraft. And good for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else you got, Eric? Uh, Warcraft-related? I'm just having a great time, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I got. If, if if anybody out there is, like, on the fence, hop in and give it a shot. Because Classic is... It's Classic. Yeah, because yeah. we, had, we had some people ask us in, in the chat, like, what you have to do to play. You don't have to actually buy the game. You just have to pay a monthly sub, mm -hmm. which is, uh, for us here in New York, it comes, comes like, 16-something with tax um so it, you know and then you get a full month's worth of playtime so even if you don't end up loving it or you, you know if you get a few hours in it's worth the, the 15 bucks plus tax to to just experience it now while, while it's popular and i, I don't know i kind of think it's going to stay popular at least for a while uh i read somewhere that the uh warcraft subscription numbers are peaking like they're the, coming up they're coming pressing. up at the highest they've ever been oh wow, wow okay yeah Weren't Which they is... at like 11 million in the old heyday? Yeah, 12 million or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to look this up to make sure I'm not making this up, but I'm pretty sure I read this somewhere like just a day or two ago. That is insane. And it's because of classic. Yeah, we should say. Um, and I had to take a quick phone call while you guys were chatting, so I apologize if this is oh, what you good. just talked about. But um, the the capacity of the servers, uh, there were some issues there, especially with the PvP servers. Uh, with extremely long queue times, and I guess they're still having issues because I saw today 
that they're opening character transfers um, in the near future to so people can move their character off a high population server to a lower population server. Yeah, okay. Sorry, what was that? They're allowing character transfers because of, of uh, server queues. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. And that's also going to be helpful later for if this all does die off, people can transfer off of Dead Realms onto that's a, yeah. popular ones. Yep. Once again, that was from episode 423 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast on World of Warcraft Classic. Uh, a very, very classic game, classic experience. One that, oh man, just listening, because I, I you know, only cut out a little bit, but listening to the episode... That's one game I really want to go back to and, and, and play again because it was that was really, really, really ridiculously fun. So uh, up next is going to be a little bit from episode 425 with Borderlands 3. Now, uh, Eric, uh, Eric, Eric, Eric Homa, Thumbstick Athletes, Eric is on this one, as is Corey. Um, they they were the ones that got poor Lancer. I don't I don't remember if Will's on this one, so I'm gonna have to listen uh, and see if Will was on because I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, it's on Borderlands Three. They played on the Xbox. Uh, I as big of a Borderlands fan as I am, I did not get this when it came out. Uh, initially, I, I was against the Epic Store exclusivity. Uh, not that I have any particular loyalty to Steam. It's just that all my games are on Steam. However, I'm a little more accepting of buying games from the Epic Games Store now, now that God Galaxy 2.0 has, has released. So that kind of keeps all my games in one place, and it's much less obnoxious to have a game here and a game there and blah, 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 blah. So uh, I will get this at some point. I, I feel like it's supposed to come out on Steam. I'd rather have it there still, even though God Galaxy fixes all that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one I hope to to play this year at some point, so especially with how well it reviewed and how much everyone liked it. So here is a little bit from episode 425, Borderlands 3. I always enjoyed them, but I didn't really. Um, but I forget how cool the graphics are. Uh, yeah, the cell shading. Yeah, it just looks so cool. And I've always been kind of a sucker for a, a loot whoring game. So um, just all that kind of stuff combined with the, the humor and the, the crazy characters and all the loot. It just uh, really pulled me in. I got your quote, Eric. You said that's one of the best first impressions I've had of a game in a long time. Oh, that's yeah. what it was. I, yeah, I don't think it was anything like in particular necessarily. Okay. I just like just I said, felt good. Long, yeah, yeah. It's just been yeah. a long time since I, I started a game up by myself, uh, not like a social experience, and was like, oh man, I, I want to play more of this. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Corey, let's hear your thoughts. You guys are both, we should say too, you guys are both playing on Xbox One, right? Yeah. Uh, Corey, do you know, Will, Will too, obviously. Corey, do you know if there's uh, Xbox One X enhancements? Eric, do you know if there's Xbox One X enhancements? I'll look it up because I don't know. I believe but I... I did say 4K HDR, see 4K HDR somewhere, but maybe not. Okay. I'm well, not sure. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up Yeah. while, while, while you're talking about it. I will say that I have not played on my 4k hdr tv at all uh-huh. so um i'm not sure okay but yeah my thoughts are similar to eric's in that it just it just felt really good to get back to the to the wasteland um i i do agree with the sentiment that it's more borderlands especially the first area that you're in is it's pandora 
Uh, and it just feels very similar in that you run into Claptrap in the beginning, and then you go do some stuff for Claptrap, and uh, that's it's sort of a slow intro to the game in, in that way. But um, it does kind of open up, and things do change a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure what's a spoiler, what's well-known, and, and what isn't. But the setup for, for Borderlands 3 is that um, it takes place, I forget how many years after Borderlands 2, um, after Handsome Jack and all that stuff, and they've uncovered more vaults on other planets, so you're actually traveling to other planets. I think that happened at the end of Borderlands 2, Did if it? I remember okay. correctly. They, it was at the end of one of the Borderlands games that they figure out that there is vaults other places. Yeah, so in this game you're actually traveling to the other planets. Okay. To raid the vaults. Um... Beyond that, I couldn't really, I couldn't really tell you what's going on in the in the main story. I don't really think that's the best part of the game, anyway. I mean, everybody's there for, for the loots and the the shooting and the cool weapons and the fun, fun quest design and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm having a great time, and I do find myself getting a little bit bored when I play by myself, honestly. But it's so much fun to play with other people. Like Eric and I, uh, Eric and one of our buddies were playing together earlier, and um, yeah makes a big difference to play with other people and that's how the game's designed and they're they're not afraid to they're not shy about telling you that uh that borderlands is designed to play with friends so yeah uh so i'm reading that it has an option where you can favor resolution or favor performance correct so you can get it at 1080p 60 frames or you can get it at 4k resolution at 30 frames correct so um yeah i have toggled those settings i think eric has tried both too um, the resolution setting does make the game look very nice. Uh, however, once I switched it to performance, I immediately recognized that I appreciated the higher frames per second than yeah. the resolution. That's always my choice, too. You just do, that, do you just do that in the game options? Yeah, it's seamless. You just okay. go to the graphic setting and flick a switch and switches between the two. I am the original frame rate queen, so... Yes, you are. <laughs> The frame rate I, diva. I always per, per, prefer prefer the the frame rate bump. Uh, let's let's talk about the Vault Hunters. Uh, they're a little bit different in this game, obviously. Corey, what's your what's your go to for Vault Hunter? So I went with the oh crap, what's he called? Zane. Zane, but he his class designation. Engine. He's like the engineer. Right? I'm looking yeah, it something up. Something like that. I honestly can't remember, but that's the guy that I went with. Uh, it appealed to me because I read through his abilities beforehand, and he gets a drone, which I always like having a pet of some sort. But come to find out, I think every class gets some sort of pet. Um, but yeah, so his drone fires off, and then you can opt to. I don't know if all the classes are like this, but you can opt for your other bumper to be grenades or another action ability. Um, oh class like that eric or is that just if it is i don't know about it okay so what i did was i opted not to use grenades and i have two action abilities so i have one is my uh droid i think it's called a s-c-s-n s-t-n-l like sentinel i think it's supposed to be s-n-t-n-l yeah so that's little drone guy that flies around and shoots guys for me and then the other ability i have is a hologram of myself which i really like when i fire both of those off all the enemies just attack them and I can run around and pick up loot while they're distracting them and then once all my loot's picked up I'll start firing on the enemies as well. So Zane, Zane is the operative. Yeah, and he's got a cool, I don't know if it's Irish accent. Oh, 
Nice. Very nice to listen to. Something from the UK anyway, right? Yeah. Refreshing. Nice. All right, Eric, what'd you go with? I picked the Beastmaster. Okay. Uh, specifically because they it had a pet. Now, I didn't realize all of them do, but um, that's why I picked that one. And you can choose from three different pets. And I, I can't remember the name of the one that I picked, but um, his name is Meat Thief. And he's this little, uh, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe him. He's this little monster that runs around and he has a pistol of his own that he shoots people with. <laughs> a little skag. Is he nice. a skag? I don't, th- I don't think he's a skag. No, I don't think he is. Because but... you, can, you can pick a skag, and I did specifically didn't. I don't know what he is. He looks like uh, like Sonic, almost. Yeah, he looks a little bit like Sonic, yeah. <laughs> so the the Beastmaster is Flask, with the, the class is Hunter. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I have uh, the little dude, he runs around with his own little pistol, um, and my special ability is called, I think it's called Gamma Ray, is the one that I picked. And basically what it does is it makes... Um, meat thief into like almost a hulk version of him of himself um and i've upgraded it enough now where he emits some sort of uh i think it's like a corrosion energy that uh deteriorates the enemy's health on top of him attacking them so i've pretty much just been trying to uh make him as powerful as possible because i don't know it's more fun to see him go out there and beat guys up so once again, that was from episode 425 on Borderlands 3, a game that I would very much like to play this year. Once again, I'll get it at some point. Uh, however, my backlog continues to grow. And uh, I've still got a ton of games that I need to finish that came out in in 2019 now that it's early 2020. Um, so who knows if and when I'll get to it. I'd very much like to do so. So um yeah, so the next episode is from episode, or the next excerpt, I guess, is from episode 426, which is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. This was just me and Corey on this episode. Um, it's a game that I actually, one of the f- handful of games that c- actually came out this year that I played to completion, or not from this year, but from last year, from 2019, that I actually completed in 2019. Um, I got to get back to beating games. It's It's frustrating that I leave so many things uh unbeaten but uh that that is one of the games that i beat um so here is me and Corey talking about legend of zelda link's awakening for uh thumbstick athletes podcast episode number 426 i disagree with the length one uh but maybe that's just me because it's just a long nostalgia trip for yeah. me anyway but um I, I don't know i guess I guess I could see it for people that hadn't played the game and, are, and had just finished playing Breath of the Wild and are expecting, <laughs> you know, hundreds of hours of entertainment. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, there's still short games. They're still making short campaign-based games, but I guess those have a multiplayer component or some sort of thing to keep yourself entertained. And I think they, that's what they were going for with the the Dampy's Dungeon stuff, where mm-hmm. you can kind of build your own dungeon, but um, I which, don't know. Which, by the way, came out of uh, Legend of the Zelda, Legend of Zelda Maker idea. Um, yeah. They actually had tossed that around yep. and, and decided there was a little too much uh, needing to have puzzles go in the right order and stuff right. uh, for that to actually work out. So, Yeah, and that was my thought, too. Like, I, I to me, I'm just, I would in doing the Dampy's dungeon stuff, it seemed like it was kind of a trial run for what a Zelda maker would look like. 
Um, I just I know they wouldn't do a Zelda maker in like the Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, engine, but I could I could absolutely see a Zelda maker with this uh, in the with these graphics, couldn't you? Yeah, and I I think I brought up this idea a couple months ago, but even if you were to make it so that it could switch. Uh, between, say, the original on the Nintendo, A Link to mm-hmm. the Past, maybe one of the Game Boy ones, which would, uh, like, uh, Link Between Worlds or something like that, and then this one, you yeah. know, being able to switch the flip of a button, I think would be awesome. Right, I agree. Um, but not to get too far ahead of myself, the other complaint was the frame rate drops, and I do kind of agree with that one, although it doesn't, it doesn't really impact my enjoyment of the game. It's just... It's such a pretty game to look at. I feel mm-hmm. like they did such a good job in, with the, the art style and the nice, cute, little adorable touches in the game. And uh, every now and again, you get those frame rate drops, and it just reminds you that, you know, not everything is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Which kind of sucks, but it's not a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as as far as the hours thing, thing goes, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, we used to be kind of... We, we, we still kind of are, but not not as much as we used to be big into the consumer uh, view of things. Uh, and, and we used to calculate games value based on the amount of hours you get out of it. That's not as much the case anymore because I know none of us have as much game time as we used to. Uh, I, you know, I think of someone like Eric who, who probably, probably plays the least amount of games out of all of us. Um, and when he plays games, it's mostly socially. Like he, he likes to play with uh, his friends. Uh, play play with us, play with Jeff. You know that's his his social time. So, <laughs> dogs uh, entertaining the crowd Sorry. in the background. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, but I, I don't really do that as much anymore. You know, I I try to take every game based on the value it gives me. Uh, and personally, like like you, Corey, it's a the, this whole game is is a nostalgia trip, and I'm amazed at how much I both remember and forgot about the yeah. game. Yep. There's there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh my god, this is like exactly, uh, you know, exactly the way I remember it happening. What was it? I think this game, came, the original, came out in 1993, so mm-hmm. it would have been 26 years ago. Um, and then you know, the, and then there's a ton of stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not remember this at all. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's weird. It's it's yep. very weird because you know, playing other old games, uh, I, I'm I'll use a link to the past as an example because i've been playing that recently too like i barely remember any of that game you know i don't know why specifically this one i remember so much about it Mm -hmm. because i probably played them about the same time they came out about the same time as far as you know all all those years ago yeah um but yeah to your point that's that was my main uh takeaway from from the link's awakening remake is like the mind is such a funny thing because I like struggle to remember things at work, you know, that yeah. we just talked about the day before. Yep. But then playing Link's Awakening, like it was like riding a bike. Like I knew just to walk right up to a bush and and cut it down and pull out my shovel. And I knew there was a seashell under there, like little itty bitty details that I haven't thought about in 20 years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like just immediately coming back to me. Um, it's crazy how that works, but I do find myself the further I get into the game, the less I'm remembering, yeah. which just makes me think, well, okay, when I was a kid, this stuff was a lot harder. So I probably didn't get as far into the game as many times as I did that early stuff over and over again, you know? Yeah. I think um, I only ended up beating it once. I think I played it a bunch of times and like you 
for whatever reason, I, like I said, I'm not sure if we borrowed it from someone and and they they wanted it back or what have you. But I, I probably only beat it once ultimately. Yeah. Do you remember if you beat it back in the yeah, day? Yeah, I beat it at least once. I have a feeling too. I it was like I beat it in one day too. I, I vaguely remember just sitting down and just playing it all day one day and beating it. Okay. Um, I think I had gotten that familiar with everything, but even like remembering when I, when I climbed up on the mountain and remembering, Oh, this guy needs the hibiscus. I'm not even going to talk to him. Cause I don't have the hibiscus. Yeah. Like, how do, how does like, again, I haven't thought of that in over probably 20 years. So and you, you were a lot younger than I yeah. was when all that yeah. was going on. So that's, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then as far like, like you, as far as the, fr- Oh, I, finish my to finish my thought like i i don't feel like this game is not worth it at 60 dollars. i think it's totally. I, I think it's a great game uh i think it stands alone even if you don't necessarily have uh the nostalgia for it that we do um there's a there's a lot of stuff that a newcomer can can experience here um you know you i guess you have to decide for yourself whether you think uh i've seen anywhere from like 8 to 12 hours for the average playthrough for this game it's going to take me longer it's already taken you longer Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we like to try to collect everything and do everything. Um, so yeah, I think it's worth it. Uh, frame rate like you, uh, it's a little bit annoying. It seems to happen more when you're like changing, uh, changing areas. It'll stutter a little bit. I don't really necessarily get them when I'm like fighting anything. So that would be the, the place where it would affect me, but it just seems to be when it's transitioning from one scene to another. Um, uh, but like you said, it's such a pretty game that you wish that wasn't there. Right, because it just, it's just, just irritating enough to yep. to, to to be worth Pull mentioning. You out of it. Yeah. yeah, yep. Uh, it the as far as how it looks to me, it looks like uh, someone's really really high quality creative art project that you're that you're playing. Like that's the that's the the sense I get from it. it also, almost reminds me of like Yoshi's uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. Or uh, what was the most recent Yoshi game? Uh, but that that just looks like it, it looks like an art project that you're playing yeah. as a video game. It's a very very nice looking art style. Uh, everything's nice and shiny and clean. Yep. yep. Uh, and then the the blur around the edges of the screen too. I don't know what what it is about that, but it just I don't know. It adds to it. I don't know if that's a frame rate enhance if that helps with the frame rate or maybe that that hurts it. I don't know, but it it just looks so good. Or is it a metaphor for the dream world you're in? It could very well be. Nintendo likes to sneak those things in on you. So yeah, um, I don't. I feel like you can't talk about the graphics without talking about the music. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> so I forget the name of the. What's the name of the main village? Uh, not Kokoriku, but what's it called? Oh, uh, well, I'm not going to be able to think of Maid. it. Yukuku? Maid village. Oh. It's the Ukuku Plains or something like that. Yeah, Ukuku Plains. And then the yeah, May Village is the main village. Um, probably one of my favorite arrangements mm-hmm. in video games. It it reminded me of playing um, Undertale for the first time and oh, hearing yeah. the music in Undertale. It's a different kind of music because this is like orchestral and arranged. Uh, but it's it's beautiful when they switch from strings to horns to. Uh, I don't know what else they're playing in there, some sort of flute or something like that, or piccolo. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Um, yeah, and and it's just it shows the level of detail they went into in in care they put into this 
this kind of remake. And I was trying to think of other video game remakes that are on this level, and I couldn't really come up with anything. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played a lot of them, but it it's hard to for me to put such an old game into such a modern a modern way of game building mm-hmm. and have it but have it retain so much of the what made it charming in the first place yeah i feel like that was a very hard thing for them to do and i i think they excelled at it you know it's it it looks fantastic like you said the music is fantastic everything about it is modern but it, it retains the charm of of the old game yep. i don't know it's it's a spectacular achievement Yep, I think. Well, I think a lot of the charm too just comes from the gameplay, which they didn't mess too much with. There's some quality of life changes there, but all yeah. the little side stuff, like the claw machine and the, uh, I even remembered that you could steal from the shopkeeper. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, and he hits you, you with lightning. Yep, you can steal the bow early on if you want, and then in the in the old version of the game, people just ref- your name becomes thief. It changes from whatever you had it to to just thief. I don't know what it does in this game. I didn't want to steal in this game, but uh, yeah, just like stuff like that. Um, even like the fishing and the riding the rapids and like all that stuff is just—it's so much fun. And it's—I don't know—just the slow drip of tools. Just it makes the world that you've already seen most of uh, so organic because you can just retread your steps and just find new things. Every time you get a new tool, there's always something else to uncover in an area you've been to a hundred times. Oh man. Going back and listening to that makes me really want to play that game again. Uh, the, the, the main problem I have with doing these episodes is, you know, it's revisiting games that I enjoyed throughout the year. Usually, um, we, uh, as you, anyone that's followed us for a while knows we kind of uh we don't play everything that comes out so uh most of the games that we end up playing and having episodes on are games we chose to purchase uh and we're generally careful with our money we don't like to buy things unless they're dirt cheap um that that we don't like to buy things that that we think we're not going to enjoy or that we think are going to be a waste of money so um so yeah most of the stuff is stuff we're probably going to like i think we've been doing this long enough that we have a uh, pretty good idea on what our taste in games are. So, um, yeah. So my problem with these types of episodes is going back and I'm like, oh man, because we were talking about the music in Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, and um, I'm gonna play the soundtrack after I get done with this because uh, I had just forgotten how good the soundtrack was from that game. Uh, uh, maybe I'll go upstairs and play it. But again, I hmm, I've got so much to play currently that uh, it's hard to hard to justify going back and, and playing legend is all links awakening again although i will at some point um so yeah that was from episode 426 the next episode is from episode 429 um and anyone that's listened to this ep- this podcast for a while probably this probably comes as a surprise to uh it's it's gonna be on episode 429 Fortnite chapter two uh this is marks a very big change from for me gaming wise um i was always kind of not not anti these types of games but i was never really interested in the uh games as a service type of game um i had kind of mmorpgs had generally kind of run the course for me too the last one i played a significant amount of was guild wars 2 which was you know er, early in the podcast days uh, i just didn't have that kind of time to sink in into a single game anymore so 
but Fortnite chapter two, something about them shutting the game down and, and with the whole black hole event drew me back in. And I, I can't, I still cannot to this day describe what it was about it. It's whatever it was. It worked, uh, it worked on me and I am still playing Fortnite just about daily. Uh, my son is now playing it with me. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a monumental podcast moment. It won the award for most shocking podcast development, uh, my getting into Fortnite. So yeah, uh, without talking about it anymore, here is uh, a little bit of Fortnite chapter two, uh, from episode 429 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get into Fortnite. Uh, so I, I, I haven't really like understood what Fortnite was all about. Uh, but then they had to go ahead and shut the game down for two days and have this whole mysterious black hole thing. Uh, and they released, I believe it was on social media, they released like hints and clues as to what was going to happen with the with the thing and were being very, very coy with the details. And all of a sudden, something in me snapped. And I'm like, I have to play this. I cannot wait till it comes back. I'm going to play it as soon as I possibly can. I, I don't know what it is. They're marketing. They got, they got me. Exactly. That's exactly right. Their their marketing marketing ploy worked, um, but yeah, I've I've played a, a decent amount. I mean, it's only been back for like what three days or something. I've played a, a decent amount, a little bit of solo, and then me and Eric played uh, duos uh, a couple nights ago. But Eric, I wanted to talk to you first about it because you played the most of the 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 first chapter, I guess. Uh, you know, played it played it quite a bit. Let's let's cover some differences first. I know a little bit about it, but um yeah differences in chapter um, two obviously the new map if you can talk about the differences in the map a yeah little bit. I, I pulled up i pulled up the website um just to kind of guide me through some of the differences to make sure i didn't miss anything as far as the feel of it and and to be fair i haven't played fortnite in quite some time mm-hmm. so i could be a little off but as far as the feel of it and like jumping back into it it really didn't feel all that different and it still feels like fortnite yeah, and although the map is is a different map with new locations, uh, thirteen no, new locations to be exact, um, I, I said in our group chat, and I don't know if you, if you understood what I meant, but like when I was playing, it didn't feel like a new map to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like there was anything like super remarkable about the areas, but. To be fair, I only visited each of them about one time, so right. uh, it'll take me a little more time to get in there and, and kind of see what's in there. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, like the the art style is similar. I feel like the locations, like they're they're similar enough, and you said it similar okay. enough so that it feels like Fortnite still. Yes. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and and not radically different than than what you had before, but but different enough that people have to learn the new areas and stuff and ways around. Yeah, and I asked um, Showtime, who's still been playing Fortnite pretty regularly, you know, what he thought of it. And he said he was not thrilled with having to learn new places. Uh-huh. And okay. to me, as somebody who's been out for a while, like, that was probably the thing I was most excited about. Yeah. You know? But I guess, you know, if you're somebody who's playing a lot and, like, kind of has their routine down like we did back when I was playing all the time, you know, we had our set areas we like to go to. You know, now you got to kind of relearn that, but that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, with it. I, um, yeah, I think that freshens up the game a little bit. Oh, for, I mean, for sure, it's it's. I think it's a, a much needed change because I was I was completely out of it, like not interested at all, and I'm on the complete same boat as Dan. He might even be a little further in the hole than I am, uh, or was. 
but the whole like mysterious thing that was going on with the game really drew me back in too. And, yeah. Uh, I was really excited to play too and just kind of see what, what they had changed and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So some of the other differences aside from the map, um, water is, is a little more interesting now, I guess you could say the swimming mechanic has been added and I really like that a lot because I specifically remember there was a time where Dan and I were kind of out in no man's land when we were playing a duos match and we had to cross some water. And I know for sure in the last uh, chapter, if it was the scenario we were in, we would have died because we would have got picked off in the water because you couldn't move very fast. But now with the swimming mechanic, you can go through the water pretty quickly and we were able to escape. Um, And I really like that addition to it. You're also a little bit hidden from a distance when you're just swimming. If you're, if you're not, as long as you're not jumping out of the water, you can tell and you can get hit, but it's not as frequent. It's, and it's, it's really hard. At least it was for me to this point to shoot someone when they were in the water. Yeah. So, so I really like that. Um, There's fishing. So you'll find uh, when you're near water, you'll see like there's little areas in the water that you can tell are meant to be fished in. And I've only did it once and I, I pulled a fish out of the water and you can eat fish for health, but I think you can also find items in there. That's yep, kind of what I'm led to understand. Um, so that's kind of cool. It does take a second to stop and do it. Um, so, you know, kind of at your own risk. Um, they added motorboats, which Dan and I used a couple of times. Uh, they're fun. Uh, not something I would use all the time because it definitely draws attention. Uh-huh. They're loud, and you know when you jump out of them, they keep gliding. So if somebody sees that, they're gonna know somebody just jumped out of it. So, uh, but again, a pretty it's a cool addition, just something a little bit different to do. We mostly use them to stay ahead of the storm if we got behind. Yep, yep. That's really the only time I get in vehicles uh-huh. is, is for storm beating purposes. Yeah. Um. So they added some pretty cool stuff to as they say support your squad there's a new bandage bazooka so it's a it's a big bazooka that shoots bandages so you can heal your teammates from a distance with a bazooka but the only key caveat to that is that it takes up two slots in your inventory yes you have to be you have to be dedicated to healing if if, if you're gonna do that yeah for me i don't feel like it's worth it um it's it's a cool idea I, i i like that that you can heal them it's it's almost like having a uh um what's the word i'm looking for a like medic? if you're playing an mmo yeah like a medic or yeah yeah do you, like do, that, and, that would probably be more effective if you had a squad of four that really worked together well to have someone be the the pack mule for the the, healing. the the healing bazooka yeah yeah it would be tough because the the action happens so quickly yeah i don't know if the game really lends itself too well to somebody just kind of keeping an eye on that kind of thing yeah um they'd probably be more useful in a, you know, right with, with the right weapons. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I see what they're going for there and mm-hmm. it's, it's a cool thing, but I don't think it's worth taking up two inventory slots. Yeah. Um, another new thing they added is that you can carry your teammates to safety and you can also pick up and carry enemies, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, I don't, we didn't end up carrying one another at any point i don't know we didn't have the opportunity to to use that at all there was one time i almost did with you you got down uh-huh. right as the storm got on us uh-huh. and but i had already started uh reviving you That's and i right. thought about stopping but i because i hadn't done it before i wasn't sure if it slowed the movement down oh yeah i don't know 
Yeah, so that's the reason I didn't do it. Uh-huh. Um, but it would be, I, I'm assuming it's probably good in that kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, I did see another team. I think another team picked me up and took me a little closer and then dropped me and killed me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. That's, take take that's you to really... safety before before blasting you. Exactly. Yeah, took me behind a wall or something. Um, there are new group emotes, which nothing I'm super interested in. Um, new hideouts, so you can hide out in haystacks and dumpsters. Uh, I haven't. I, I jumped in a dumpster to try it. Um, I didn't see anybody, so I don't know. I don't know what you know if, if people right now are even focusing on that sort of stuff and kind of shooting at dumpsters as they're going by them or haystacks or anything like that. But I'm sure that that will you know kind of work itself into the game a little more as mm-hmm. people are playing it. Um, there are explosive gas tanks and barrels in the map, which is new. Did you do any hiding in any of the new stuff, Dan? Uh, the only hiding I did when I did solos was a bush. The game I yeah. finished second, I was okay. actually hiding in a bush when the circle was really small. The two guys okay. were fighting it out, and I waited until one of them killed them, and then I got gunned down by a grenade or rocket rather uh but yeah no no none of the new things yet one of the one of the changes and maybe this was already done later on in chapter one i don't know but it's new to me is the larger bushes to hide in so you Mm -hmm. can hide as a team which i think is pretty cool so you don't have to all run around and try to find your own which was kind of cool in its own right yeah um because sometimes it became a competition between your team to see who could find the best bush to hide in. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I do like the, the larger bushes to hide in. So once again, that was from Fortnite. That was uh, Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. <clears throat> was it 429? Uh, let me look it up here real quick because I already forgot. It was, yes, episode 429, Fortnite Chapter 2. Uh, again, that's, you know, I've talked about, uh, you know, not playing World of Warcraft, uh, but Fortnite is the reason why, um, that's, it's a, it's a fun game. You if you want to, you can knock out a match and, you know, 20 ish minutes or so. And also I play quite a bit with my son. So we've had a lot of fun with, with duos. We've had a couple, couple dubs. Um, so that, that's kind of my game that my, it's my like destiny or, uh, not that anyone's playing Anthem, but it's my Anthem. It's my Call of Duty. It's the, the one game I'm going to fall back on, you know, to, to, to keep playing and, and, and trying to get better and all that stuff. So, uh, and I love it. It's a, it's a blast to play. So even, uh, you know, even solo, which is not something I usually do is play an online first person, online shooter solo. So very much dig it. So this last game that we're going to have for the 2019 recap, uh, second half of the year recap is the Outer Worlds. I want to clarify this is the Outer Worlds, the one, the RPG, the Fallout New Vegas esque RPG uh, developed by Obsidian um, that came out in the fall. Not the Outer Wilds, the space exploration indie game. Um, I still confuse that. I wanted to make sure I said it right. It is the Outer Worlds. So this is from Thumbstick Athletes Podcast, episode 432. Uh, here is a little bit about that. I've been reading a lot of them. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's because I've been reading more books as I've gotten older. I don't, I don't know, whatever the case is. But uh, I've found the stories interesting, and some of the quest lines are really interesting. And I really like how like some of the quest lines make you 
kind of struggle with your own ethics yeah. and morality and that sort of stuff. Totally agree. Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that. So it's made me want to read read into the dialogue a little bit more and, you know, see see what's going on with these characters and, you know, learn a bit, little bit more about their backgrounds before I make any decisions on who I'm going to help or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, overall, I, I think it's really good. The only grapes I, I really have are, I don't know why anybody considers putting the en- encumberment function yeah, in a game anymore. That, like, yeah. who, who finds that fun? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Um, and the weapon degradation, same thing. I, I don't get it. Like, I just don't know why it needs to be there. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really have any complaints. It it looks okay on Xbox. It's it's not like, you know, certainly doesn't blow me away or anything like that. But just like exploring the world and finally got to leave the first planet and take, take Unreliable for a spin. And... Uh, it's, one of, my, it's one, of my, one of my favorite jokes in the game is that yeah. your ship is called unreliable. Yeah, um, <laughs> one of the characters made it made a mention of that too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's just it's so fun and the, the characters are so interesting. And I haven't found a lot of games where um, I got super interested in the different characters. Yeah, you know. So I've I've really been enjoying that part of it. Okay. Nice, Corey. Uh, let's let's hear your thoughts. Uh, first of all, how far into the game are you? I'm pretty far. Um, they say it's about a 20 hour game, but I have like 21 hours. They say it's 20 hours if you blitz through the story. Uh, okay. Most of the playthroughs I've read have have taken 35 to 40 hours. If you do any of the side stuff. Okay. So, yeah, if you blitz through the story, you can get it done in about 20 hours. I've been doing all the side stuff. Yeah, me too. Always, I always do. That's not anything new. Anyone that's been listening to a while knows I, I'm. Uh, oh, I, I saw a term for it on Instagram, and I can't think of it. I'll try to look it up while while we're talking about it. But it was like uh, side quests. I think it's side quest slut was was the term. I was like, wow, that describes me perfectly because I, I next to your I, other titles, Dan. Next to your way to see completion. Yeah, frame rate queen and side quest slut. That those are my two titles. Your new episode. hashtag. Oh, that's a great idea. Anyway, uh, so yeah, how 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 long did you say you played Corey? Um, my game says twenty one hours. Oh, that's right. Okay, you just said that. And uh, what are your thoughts so far, Corey? I so when I first played it, I really really liked it uh-huh. like a lot. And then I played it a little bit more, and I didn't like it quite as much. But I had a really hard time putting my finger on why. Um. So when I played today before we recorded, I really wanted to focus in on like what it is about this game that I like and what it is about it that I don't like. And uh, something came across. I saw on YouTube, somebody's. I didn't watch the, the review, but I saw the title um, described the game as great at being good, which kind of resonated with me. Uh, I'll give credit there for to G-Man Lives. I wanted to get the name on there because I thought that was a really good way to describe it because... Uh, the game I compare it most to would be Mass Effect 2. Um, my issue, though, and, and to that point of about it being great at being good, is there's really no high points. Um, it takes you on this very steady, granted, well done, just side quest adventure, I feel like, is kind of how it plays out. And that was my main complaint about Mass Effect 2, is... Um, 
there's this loosely connected thread that ties all these yeah, there's a thread that ties all these loosely connected stories together to build characters and build the universe, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but um, there's not very many peaks and valleys along the way of the main story. That said, I really do like the setup for the main story. I like the fact that you're a colonist who was stranded on this ship and was frozen in the, whatchamacallit, chamber for 40, 40 years, I think. Um, and Phineas, the mad scientist, comes and saves you. Like I, I'm really into all that stuff, but that's that's a small part of what the game actually is. A lot of the game is going to these corporate-run planets and just helping people take care of some bullshit that isn't. I mean, it's the stories themselves, like moment to moment, are really well done and really well written, but it never really culminates in something big and like really fun and um, exciting. So there's no bloody Baron quest. Right. Yeah. And then I started, I actually did, I was thinking about the Witcher today, the Witcher three and like thinking about how those, even those side quests are done. Um, they're just so dynamic and I don't know, like in the outer worlds, um, and it comes off like I, I, I'm not enjoying the game. I'm actually really enjoying the game. It's my kind of game. Um, I'm just trying to articulate something that I still can't really put my finger on. Um, it's just, there's, there's no big surprises. You know what to expect even though the stories themselves are really well written, you're, you're going to go kill somebody, you're going to get something, or you're going to go talk to somebody. And that's basically how you accomplish everything. Um, there's not much like fun experimentation within the game itself. Ooh, can, yeah. I, can, I, can I piggyback off of that? Yeah, actually? go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So what Corey is saying actually is exactly how I feel about the game. I really am enjoying it and really liking it. But that doesn't. I think the story and the characters they do an amazing job with it. But I think everything after that is just good. Um, I look at, for example, like the perk system. Uh, I don't think any of them really do anything too noteworthy or cool. So that like goes to Corey with the experimentation. Like I don't really think there's too much you can do with the perk system to like customize a character. Um, I also think that the the gun system, there's not a lot of variety in that, too. Um, yeah. And that's fine, because I got this game for free, so I don't really care. Right. But for $60, I don't know if there is enough there. Again, granted, I've only put eight hours into it, so I've not seen a lot of stuff. Yeah. I I agree with what you two are both saying, except for it not being worth $60. It probably is sixty dollars. It is. That's a little harsh, but yeah, it's like you guys are saying. I don't think there's anything remarkable. Like I didn't play it and think to myself, "Geez, man, I've I've never played a game like this before. This is like outrageously good." Like I have with, I don't know. I'm struggling to come up with anything now, but I'm there's been games in, like The Last of Us. When I played that, I was like, "Holy shit, this game's amazing." I, I certainly didn't get that feeling from it. I think it's like you're saying. It's it's a it's a good game um that just doesn't do anything outrageously well yeah yeah it's it's safe i guess right yeah. i mean safe. It it's, it's 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 uh I, I've, I've talked about it being like like fallout new vegas and it's very much like mechanically like that and like you guys said it blends a couple different games it blends a little bit of borderlands it blends a little matt core mentioned mass effect uh it blends like the the older fallout games into into a uh a safe formula so to speak um and yeah i i really it's just like it's a solid game like you guys said there's nothing 
too uh, outstanding about it. Uh, but there's nothing, in my opinion, nothing cra- like really crappy about it. I think uh, gameplay it it doesn't shine gameplay wise. Shooting's a little uh, RPG and iffy at times. Um, but that was the same way with the Fallout games. You know, the shooting was bad in all of them. Uh, Fallout, Fallout Four was was probably the best shooting wise, and even that was, eh. Um, but again, it comes down to the the RPG numbers thing. And I don't even really necessarily dock it for not being a great shooter because yeah. I do love Three New Vegas and like those games played like garbage at yeah. times. And that's, like that's, that's why that's why they have the VAT system because they didn't it, shoot well. Exactly, and it has its own variation where it slows down time. Time to so like I'm. Yeah. I'm fine with all of that. It's just kind of like how the perks, like, uh, again, like, I'm only on the second tier, but it doesn't seem like there's anything too interesting for me to get. Yeah, they're all pretty boring baseline. Uh, And then, like, I look at the guns, it's just, like, assault rifle one, assault rifle two. Like, there's nothing, like, cool or unique about any of the different types of assault weapons. And I don't know if that's just me being, like, a, I don't know, picky or finding things to, like, dock the game for. But, like, I just felt like... A lot of the guns seem a little lazy, and again, I'm only eight hours in, so I can't really speak too much to that. But um, for you guys who played more, I think that's probably fair from from what I've gathered so far. You can yeah. you can add things to your weapons, like modify them and add like a shock uh, yeah. element thing to it. But even those just amount to like changes in numbers. It's never anything interesting yeah. or fun. And yeah. the perks, like. You know, you don't get excited when you unlock a perk for yourself or one of your uh, travelers that you bring with you. It's like, oh, great! Like, they're gonna increase their base health by fifteen percent. Yeah, right. You're yeah. not gonna notice that. Like, no, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So after that little blurb, I know it sounds like we didn't ultimately like the game all that much, but uh, I know Corey and Will ended up beating it. I still have not beaten it yet, but. Um, I know for a fact that like more towards the end of the game that that really started to rebound for them and they started to really quite like it again. So uh, that one will be remembered more positively than when we initially reviewed it. And um, I'm probably that's probably what I'm going to play right now. Actually, when I finish doing this episode is is the Outer Worlds. I've got to finish that. If I don't, I'm going to forget about it, which I do not want to do. Um, so that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's my task for for right now. So. Um, yeah, I, that's all the stuff we want to cover for, I'm going to cover for the end of the year, 2019 recap. Um, hopefully next week we can record on Thursday. Thursday's our, our better day. We'll, we'll be back to being live and, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing our 2020 games preview, our 2020 previews and stuff. So, uh, that'll be next week's episode. Uh, that's everything for this episode. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't end this the the normal way, but uh, thanks for listening. Uh, that'll do it for episode. What what episode is this? Is this for? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, let me go back and see. I should re-record this ending, but oh yeah. So okay, that'll do it for episode four thirty eight of the Thumbsick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. Crickets. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. One, two, three, four.